0: Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor.
1: Hi everyone, this is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at thepopbreak.com. I'm here with my Oscar collaborator, Matt Taylor. Say hello, Matt hi everybody and we are here today to talk about uh best picture um this is our way too early oscar podcast but the oscars are today if everything goes right <laughs> 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 so yeah um these are the nominees for best picture in 2019 um ford v ferrari the irishman jojo rabbit joker uh, little women marriage story 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Um, Let's start with Ford v Ferrari. Um, It is what it sounds like and it's about. Um, You can dig into it more, though, Matt.
0: Yeah, this is the story of um, back in the. I'm trying to find the exact time on the Wikipedia page. Um, 1966, the Le Mans, Le Mans, Le Mans Mans in France, where um, Ford was essentially challenge to compete and see if they could beat Ferrari. um ferrari who is always who always dominated the race and it's you know the story of these two men um ken miles who's a professional car racer and who played by, played by christian bale and carol shelby who um is a former race car driver who's now a designer played by matt damon and the way the two of them attempt to develop this a car to beat ferrari and Um, it's the ultimate dad movie but i kind of do like it quite a bit even though dad movies are very much against my aesthetic as a whole um you know it's like in the way that i think a lot of james James bangold's movies are like just very good movies for what they are and it's like it's perfectly serviceable and fun and um on bale's part very well acted and you know perhaps it's a little long and perhaps it's a little bit too of the Just a bunch of boys um, movie at certain points, but I I had a good amount of fun, and compared to some of the other movies you're talking about, it's fine. (laughs) Like it, it really is not problematic. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like who could be mad at this thing when there's so much else to be mad about? Um, I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I mean we've talked about in the sound categories and how excellent it is there, and I mentioned um, Christian Bale as someone who I think should have been nominated for it. Um, But, yeah, it's just a pleasant, um, you know, old school kind of movie about dudes and in a way that isn't offensive, which is really, (laughs) really an achievement in this nightmare year of 2019 films. Um, It has no chance. Um,
0: (laughs) No, no. uh, I don't well, think we're ever going to have another movie like this win Best Picture. I'm actually kind of surprised that managed to get nominated. <laughs> like, but 20 years ago, this would have swept Best Picture.
1: <laughs> Twenty years ago, this would have won. Now it's kind of like what you know. It's the it's it's still Dark Waters' spot. Um, let's talk about the the next one, The Irishman, um, Scorsese's three hour epic finale of essentially to his um, gangster movies. Um, it's a sort of true story about, um, the guy who killed Jimmy Hoffa, most likely. Um, <laughs> basically, um, yes, yeah, stars Robert De Niro in, um, you know, de-aging technology that is not good. Um, I hate it, uh, but you like it. So <laughs> you should talk about why you think it got nominated.
0: Um, yeah I mean it got nominated because it's Bernard Sessy let's be real <laughs> like yeah, yeah. as long as he doesn't direct um you know another another silence <laughs> like the academy will will pay attention but um and that's not a dig towards silence, just the academy was that was not their movie yeah but, I don't know why um, it's better than this shit i I disagree, but um you know it's the sort of thing like I really enjoy especially' gangster movies, and I think this sort of works as this grand finale. I will totally. I admit that if he does another game movie, I will be annoyed and probably think less of The Irishman as a result. But um, on this metatextual level, I really do enjoy it as this finale. I think it's a very, um, you know, for a movie that is very, very long, and there's no denying that the runtime is a bit of a chore, mainly in the sense that, like, I don't think I can realistically have the time to watch it (laughs) in the next five years. But, um, you know both times I've seen it once in theaters um, and then once with family over Thanksgiving weekend. Um, I enjoyed every minute of it. Like it's the sort of thing where it's like, it's a very, it's a, it's a commitment to watch, but I do find it very, um, very commanding in the moment. And I love the last 45 minutes so much. I love every one of Anna Paquin scenes. I love every one of, um, you know, the moments in the, in the jail with um i mean spoilers for history i don't know (laughs) like um with de niro in jail and everything like that and it's um it it, i find it very very interesting the de-aging effects are quite annoying i will say that (laughs) especially on a smaller screen they're slightly less noticeable on the big screen it's incredibly distracting it looks like you're watching a playstation game at times but um it's i i find it very interesting i will say i find it interesting in the way it stacks up um it's been a great experiment of how Netflix would um, enter the public consciousness because I find like a lot of general movie, general moviegoers, as in people who do not remotely follow film culture, very cold on this movie. Um, Like I, I have yet to meet somebody who's not in the film realm who likes it interesting. Except for like my dad, but like, 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 it's it's very interesting in just the way that like a lot of people have sort of dismissed it as like too long or too um, repetitive, but like I do find it. So I wonder how its reputation will stack up because unlike something like Goodfellas, which became like a cable classic, like this movie just will not. But um, I find it very very well done, and it just missed my um, personal best picture lineup. Yep. Um, yeah
1: i have nothing more to say about it uh (laughs) jojo rabbit um yeah it's that um it's take away tt's nazi movie that um definitely doesn't make its point as well as it thinks it does about um you know the banality of evil realistically turns back around it's on itself and makes nazis seem silly instead of you know um horrible uh and also in in the process makes it a movie uses two really good female characters and two really good actresses to um just you know make the manic pixie dream whatever's um in the story about you know a story about teaching boys to just not think about themselves through a story that's all about them um i hate it uh it shouldn't be here it's not a good movie it won't age well
0: Do you want to add anything? (laughs) Yeah, I do because we talked about this a little bit when we talked, I think, in the screenplay episode. But Mm -hmm. I feel like I wasn't able to fully vocalize my thoughts um, very well. And I had this thought um, while talking about a different pop culture phenomenon from 2019, which was the Watchmen TV series. And Mm -hmm. um, I think where Jojo Rabbit fails as a movie is – it puts all the burden on fixing the world essentially and fixing issue, um, power dynamics that lead to people's deaths. Um, it puts all the burden on the victims essentially, whether it be women, um, Jewish, uh, Jewish people, um, the gay people, even. Um, like, it puts all this burden on them having to explain to the world why they deserve. To be treated like citizens, and um, that was the that was the norm for many many years in film like that was what people just expected these movies to be, but then like you know I like many people watched watchmen on HBO this year was like glued to the screen and it ends on this note of this thesis statement that is like the only way to truly fix these systems of um, oppression in the world is to totally change the power dynamic and put the people who um, are disadvantaged in power, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, that ending, I think, really changed the way I view a lot of movies like George Rabbit, which I saw in Toronto. And I remember thinking, like, I definitely don't like this, and I don't like it as much as the people around me, but I don't think it's necessarily bad. And then as I thought about it some more, I was like, no, I think it is bad and then in in light of like a post watchmen even post knives out world and that, that movie's not as we discussed like it's not perfect in that messaging but like no like what this movie is like what this movie's thesis statement is i just think it's so toxic and i think it's like the, the way the way it, the note it ends on is just so frustrating and i find like you know i'm i'm really tired of movies where people have to explain to misguided straight white men or boys why they deserve to live and i i cannot wait for this movie to never be around anymore
1: <laughs> yeah i've hated it i hate it i decided i hated it about 10 minutes in um, <laughs> and then it just got worse um let's move on to fill my hate even more um actually yeah yeah uh joker um also about um to quote snl white male rage um uh I've talked about this movie before because I reviewed it. And also we've talked about it, unfortunately in many of these category, um, (laughs) uh, episodes. Um, I'll say it again, but I think it's incoherent. Um, it's, and wants to think it is saying something, but isn't, um, and is, um, just not, is a very sophisticated film and it's thinking or it's craft. I, I'm shocked. It's in here. Um, it's a shame that this is this is a film people are giving time to, frankly. Um do you want to talk about
0: it? Yeah, um, it's actually funny comparing it to Jojo Rabbit because like if I had to pick one, so if I if I had to pick one to watch again, I would easily pick Jojo Rabbit because at least it has some moments that work and performances that we've discussed are good. Mm-hmm. But um Joker is just funny in hindsight because it's like Like you said, it's so incoherent. And, like, on paper, it should be more quote unquote problematic than Jojo Rabbit. But, like, it's like a teenage boy's idea of a message movie, which makes it, in a way, like, less offensive to me because it's just, it's so silly. It feels like this, like, teenage rebellion of a movie. And, um, like, it's the sort of thing, whenever I find I see people reacting, calling it, disturbing or calling it um you know thought provoking but dark and i never want to see it again i'm like go watch a real movie like i feel like very <laughs> condescending but i i don't care it made so much money where i don't i don't give a shit like it's like this this movie would not be disturbing if you watched any disturbing movie before this. Like it's like watch Taxi Driver, which makes like the same point forty years ago and so much more coherently and so much more effectively. Or even go back a year, uh, two years ago, and you can see Hakeem Phoenix make the same movie with Lynn Ramsey, and you were never really there, um, which is much better. And it's this this movie is so silly, and I hate this trend of needing comic book characters to explain messages to to boys.
1: Yeah, right. And just, like, affirm everything that's wrong with them. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about a good movie, Little Women, Um, written and directed by the masterful Greta Gerwig. Um, God damn it, I wish this were going to win Best Picture over some of the other things that are nominated and some of the things that actually have a chance. Um, We've raved about it so much, and it's just, like... It is a film that is going to last so much longer than half of these. Mm -hmm. No one's going to be talking about fucking Jojo Rabbit in five years. Joker, we're going to have to talk about it. But 20 years from now, people are going to be like, they talked about this fucking film? This? (laughs) Um, Especially if it wins Best Picture, it'll be the like Tom Jones of the fucking, you know, of the year. Uh, You you guys won't get that yet, but you will soon. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just, It's so perfect. We, we, you and I have both seen it, what, three
0: times? Yes, three times.
1: Yeah. Um, it's good on every level. Um, writing, you know, obviously she adapted it from Louisa May Alcott's uh, novel of the same name, but she took new things out of it that, you know, three other previous <laughs> adaptations <laughs> didn't get. I mean, there's been more than that. There's been like TV ones, but the ones, you know, the movies. Yeah. Um, she revitalized she revamped the amy character she cast everything perfectly um it's beautiful to look at the score is great we've talked about all of this it is a perfect fucking film it's insane that it doesn't have a chance at this at this award um how about you rave about it now matt
0: yeah it's lovely and um you know one of the two masterpieces on this lineup i completely agree that um We're going to be talking talking about this for so long. And, you know, both because the movie is based on this classic and it's easily the best adaptation of this book and it's such a big hit at the box office right now. But also just, you know, Greta Gerwig, I think, is going to be one of the defining directors of this current generation. Like if I had to pick the two directors from the 2010s that will mean the most in the next 10 years through the 2020s, it's her and Jordan Peele. Like they're the two people Mm -hmm. who are going to be important figures for the next 10 years. And, um, I mean, we're going to look back in 10 years when Greta Gerwig directs, whatever gets her a best director Oscar and be like, Oh wow. We didn't even nominate her for little woman. Like that's insane. And that's a better legacy (laughs) than a lot of these people could hope for. So it's, I'm, I've, I have come around to accepting that like, it sucks. She's not going to be nominated for this or, or win, but like, she doesn't need it. Like she will be golden. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is just the
1: beginning of her, her dominance of, of film. Hopefully. Um, yeah, it's perfect. I wish it were going to have a chance. Um, uh, her, her, you know, uh, significant other, Noah Bombeck, uh, also has an Oscar nominated best picture. Um, category you know nominee um this year marriage story not as not nearly as good (laughs) um um, i've said many times on this podcast now that i don't think i think it's a really minor work it's his one of his better pieces of work but a lot of his stuff is not great um i think it's really episodic and um, i don't know you know i talked about the last one first how about you start about marriage story then i'll jump in (laughs)
0: yeah um i like this movie a lot more than than you do um i think and it's funny i i'm typically a little more positive on bonebeck especially his newer um catalog of like his like this is very reductive but like his post greta Gerwig yes. um post work and um uh, i mean i think mistress america is like maybe my favorite comedy of the 2010s. Oh. um and um like i'm a big i'm a fan of his i think weirdly in his post Greta Gerwig years this is maybe maybe my least favorite but that's more of a testament to how much i enjoy his other films than didn't enjoy this one i think it's messy i think um it could have afforded to give scratcher hansen a bit more to do and as we discussed in the best supporting actress cat episode um i think laura dern's character needed to be a little more tightly written and most of the work with that character is done by her and not him Mm -hmm. but i do find there are enough scenes that really work for me i like his sense of humor quite a bit um i like what adam driver is doing it it would not make my best picture lineup it's like not even probably in my top um 15 for the year but like i enjoy it i don't know when i'll ever watch it again and similar to the Irishman, i find it very interesting that it's very widely seen this movie from people that don't like follow his other works, but like not very well liked, but, um, you know, I'm just, I'm already more interested in seeing whatever he does next than watching this again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think it's proved so forgettable. Um, and the way that the story around it changed so quickly, I think it really speaks to like, uh, he, how, what, how ineffective it ultimately is in making, it's point and how maybe confused it is possibly about those points. Um, yeah, I just find a lot of it, um, really like the Adam driver stuff. I mean, I've talked about it in that actor episode. He sort of represents everything. That's an issue with it to me. And that, like that character is just so played for comedy constantly, but also we're supposed to like him, but also maybe we're supposed to think, um, he is, the, we are supposed to be rooting for him to get the kid, it's, it's all very, um, I think it's all maybe a little too personal, possibly, because it's, you know, uh, there's elements of his own divorce in it. So I don't know, but it just doesn't quite work and isn't none of the characters are complete human beings, realistically, um, which this could have used because it all ends up being feeling like a sort of um, dark comedy rather than anything else and there's just so little weight to it and a dark comedy wouldn't be a problem if there were just a clearer sense of what we're supposed to be looking at this
0: as Mm. um but yeah it's fine it's not gonna win who cares I will say Um, um I if people have takes on this positively or negatively um definitely if you liked it though watch the Meyerowitz story on um on Netflix also which was his work from two years ago three years ago that is wonderful, and no one paid attention to it, and I think it's so good um and deserved this sort of Oscar hype that marriage story got, yeah, I admit it's been on my queue for
1: since since two years ago um nineteen seventeen the at this point, the likely winner um maybe things have changed in the day the seven days <laughs> since we recorded this, but I highly doubt that um, Sam mendes it is a World War one picture it's you know famously made to look like one shot um it follows two soldiers who are trying to um stop um an attack from happening uh in the morning because it looks like german troops have pulled back across no man's land um in a retreat but really it's a they're you know drawing troops in so that they can massacre them essentially um it's very exciting and um thrilling but and the technical aspects are you know, really incredible. But you and I have both said uh, that we're a little cold on it. Um, I was really hoping for more World War One stories usually really move me for some reason. Um, but yeah, I just, this didn't work for me. And I, I still don't know why. And I think it's because the technical stuff ultimately overtakes the internal story and, and emotions of what's going on. How about you?
0: Yeah, it's... this is the mystery of the year 1917 for me where i um there's so much to admire about it on a technical level but yeah i'm so cold on it and um the best i can guess having not seen it a second time which i was thinking about doing but haven't had the time to yet um is just that i wish it leans into the melodrama it is a very melodramatic um premise and instead it goes this angle of like you know the stiff upper lip of not trying to be melodramatic, and that just like that is always the way to annoy me <laughs> when you're making a <laughs> movie. Basically, um, I mean it's undeniably impressive, and it by no means would be a bad win. Like, like th- it's it's inoffensive, it's well done, and I like Sam Mendes, and it's it's fine. It just like you know, there are two masterpieces here, and it's a little. It's always a bit of a bummer when a movie that's fine wins best picture over movies that are genuinely masterpieces i i i wonder how this will stack up in terms of like film history and best picture winners like people seem to like it much more than the both of us do so maybe it will have this great reputation or maybe it'll be forgotten about i can't quite get a get a read on it but you know not the most not not the worst scenario <laughs> yeah yeah no uh, we've.
1: we still have two more to talk about but um yeah the rest of this is sort of a nightmare situation like there are so many almost all of them are um worst worst case scenarios so (laughs) 1917 winning is totally like a neutral like yeah sure fine great um although wow cannot believe this is happening to dunkirk it was right there
0: yeah it's like it's it's a little annoying and then even like First of all, I've seen a lot of people who like 1917 trying to say, like, Dunkirk's nothing like it. And it's like, stop. <laughs> like, it is. Yeah, Dunkirk very... is good. <laughs> huh. Or like, you know, they're both being gimmicks, which is not a bad thing. Most movies are gimmicks. but um... Most movies are gimmicks. Guess what? If fucking Joker is the most gimmick shit I've ever seen. Are you joking with me right now? <laughs> Shut up. It's like cool. it, it's just funny because you know Dunkirk is editing is um, an editing gimmick and you know it like it's very impressive also and t- it did not get close to sweeping best picture but you know what like I I cannot wait to rewatch Dunkirk <laughs> that's my main takeaway when I left 1917 I was like am I gonna go home and watch Dunkirk but like <laughs> <laughs> Dunkirk
1: is great Dunkirk, so good um all right once upon a time in Hollywood is the next um category or nominee um. you you can talk about it.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to go into the plot. You all know it's Tarantino's fan fiction about 1969. And, um, I think either 67 or 69. I don't don't remember, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, like, you know, it, it, it's, it's well-made in in many aspects. Tarantino, for all of my complaints about his recent output is a talented director. And there's a lot of stuff that I do like about this movie. Like, Margarita's performance and Julia Butter's performance and Leo's performance and a lot—it's beautiful looking. It is just very funny that even you know, like the—I don't want to get into the whole it's problematic conversation necessarily because a lot of people just immediately tune that out. I just We've think truly, done
1: it. we don't need to retread that
0: ground. Right? Exactly. It's like even removing that whole aspect of it. Like I just truly find it forgettable. Like that's what I think is so funny. Like you know. It's a worse movie, I think, and it's a movie that I find truly despicable. But like the Hateful Eight stuck with me more than this movie did, and um, and like even elements of Django and Chain stuck with me more. And I think that movie's maybe his worst movie, but um, like this is just so minor it feels, and it, it feels so like it, like you know, the Academy loves. Doing movies about Hollywood, and most directors love movies about Hollywood. La, La Land was a was like the most recent example of just a movie that was so in love with the idea of Hollywood. But like, this feels even more blatant and obvious about it than usual, and I find that more annoying in a strange way, especially since, as we discussed in our previous episode, he's loving a version of Hollywood that like never fully existed and like feels out of touch with what his version of Hollywood is. So it just. Yeah it's it's an odd movie that I don't quite think he knows what it's trying to do and
1: he rewrites the thing that
0: um, gave him the Hollywood that he loved exactly it's like it is just, it just feels so strange and so like the good old days basically that it, mm. I, I find it cold and i'm I'm happy this theme let out of it because it's a it's a scenario where I would have been more annoyed at it winning than I would have liked most of these other options, but, um, you know, whatever. I like the a lot. And it. that's why I may take away. Yeah. Um,
1: last one is parasite. Um, what, what can we say that hasn't already been par- said about parasite? It's a masterpiece. Um, it's a brilliant, um, uh, farce. It's a brilliant character drama. It's also a brilliant, um, examination of class inequality in not just Korea, but, fucking everywhere. There's no reason to remake it. Um, It's brilliant. Bong Joon-ho is a master. Um, I think this is the thing that will finally make a lot of people notice him for the first time, but um, it feels like just the beginning of an even more exciting string of films, possibly, Um, because it's like peak craft, peak filmmaking, peak storytelling. Everything about it is good. It deserves to be in this category, you know, it won the sag, so there is a chance it will win, but um, it's brilliant. Um, Matt, why don't you talk about it?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I've already raged about this movie so much, so I'd, I'm going to actually talk about a recent conversation I had with my brother, who is often mentioned on, the, on these podcasts. Um, eventually, we have to have him as a guest, but we'll figure out the best way to do that. But, um, you know, he's someone who does not necessarily follow the film. Film Twitter, as, like, you and I both do. But Mm -hmm. um, I end up just taking him to a lot of movies. And he he follows, like, a lot of the best-reviewed stuff. And he obviously cares about the Oscars on some level because I just don't shut up about them. And he was so upset when the nominations came out this year because, um, like, you know, his three favorite movies of the year were Parasite, Hustlers, and Knives Out. And he was just like, what a lame – Oscar, essentially, and he's like, I feel like the Oscar just become totally irrelevant. And I'm like, in a sense, it could feel that way. And it's easy to get depressed given how horrible so many of the nominations are. I mean, you could feel it, I think, in our episodes just how resigned we are that like these are the films we have to talk about. But at the same time, Parasite being nominated and essentially being neck and neck in the race with 1917 as what would best picture mm-hmm. is so incredibly exciting for where we're yeah. going as a film world that it makes up in a, in a small way for how glaring some of the omissions are, because yeah. it just like, it's insane that we're here. Like um, a f- Korean film, a, a, a film from a um, a country that the Academy previously totally ignored before, <laughs> for this movie, um, despite having one of the most prolific film communities outside of America, um, yeah, the 2010 – Korean film in 2010 was some of the greatest filmmaking in, in the world. Absolutely. like So like it went from being totally ignored by the Academy to being one of the ma- major frontrunners nominated in many awards that made over $30 million in the US. Like that's insane. That is an insane success story for any foreign language film. Sure. So – it's like it's funny i um at my local suburban new jersey multiplex like it is selling out screenings like that's that's crazy to me um so you know as depressing as this oscar year can be we like that is the glimmer of hope here that like there is still this contingency within the academy that genuinely cares about like changing what makes up the academy basically and like you know there are a lot of bad nominees this year but this nominee is such an incredible success that I I have like the I, my love for the academy is still there because of this nomination. Yeah. It would
1: be so wonderful if it won. I, I swear to god if it pulls a moon, moonlight I'll I'll weep. I will weep in the theater. Absolutely. Yep. Same. Um and I I hope it wins. I mean like <sighs> it's it's the obvious pick for me. Either other there's well one other film I like in the category <laughs> too, I suppose. <laughs> but um But it's so far and away the best film of of this cat of these this like group, especially Mm -hmm. that it's like it's it's absurd to think anything else should win, honestly. And you know, Joker's got the most nominations, so it's got a real chance. And uh, unfortunately, and you know, if it wins a lot of technicals early in the night, I think you and I'll both be sweating. But Mm -hmm. um, boy, I hope it's Parasite. It would be so wonderful if the surprise win instead of nineteen seventeen was Parasite. Let's talk snubs. Um, I, I actually don't have um, – I don't feel as strongly – I don't know. I, I All of a sudden when I was putting together a snub list, I was like, did I love anything <laughs> last year? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was weird. Um, but there are movies I very much liked from last year. Um I sort of mentioned one earlier, Dark Waters, I think, would have been something that would have been nominated 10 years ago and honestly is better than most of the films in this category. Hustlers, you know, what else can I say? There's no fucking reason it shouldn't have been nominated. I said it before and I said it again. Uh, I'll say it again. It's the only film of the year that did Scorsese drag right. Um, Waves I liked a lot. Um you know, it's an incomplete film, but it's a film that makes me excited about movies in a way that um, 90% of these don't. Um, and then my indulgence, indulgence pick is kind of just The Beach Bum, which is a film
0: I loved. <laughs> it's one of the best movies I saw last year, like full stop. Um, yeah, how about you? Yeah, um, again, we I've, we've talked about some of these so much, but like, of course, Hustlers – um, I really encourage people to seek out her smell, which is on HBO um, right now for those Ooh. who have that um, wonderful movie. Um, I like the lighthouse a lot from this year, which is like a weird little like gay movie basically that I, I yeah, no, it's, it's basically explicitly queer. Yeah. It's like this, like artsy horror, a 24 movie that's secretly super gay. <laughs> um, love book smart. One of my favorite comedies in recent memory. And, um, I'll second your love for Dark waters, which is just like you know it was like a weirdly thrilling experience in the theater of just like yes, like file that motion, mark Ruffalo, like it's <laughs> like like sitting in the theater just being so thrilled to like be able to watch an old fashioned legal thriller from one of our masters, Todd Haynes, so it's 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 great it like this was such an interesting year for movies as we have discussed with like. So many exciting new voices, and um, this year's Academy Awards didn't really sum that up, but I like there's a lot of just weird movies to love this year, and I, I kind of like that outside of the best picture race, like you have this entirely weird, quirky world of movies that I think are made up the best of the year,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah, it's interesting, it's like there's so many things I liked, it's, but it's just I don't know, it's such a, weird, such a weird year, um, all right, um, well, we're gonna see. What happens um, in a couple hours, realistically? Well, when this is up, it, now, he and I have a real a week until that happens. <laughs> um, but uh, post show, you can um, we're going to we're going to record uh, Matt, me and the uh, whoever wins the um, Oscar pool uh, for the pop break, uh, which last year was Kat Manos could be again um so yeah listen look for that so probably a couple hours after the show hopefully we won't get um as slap happy about uh abc's upcoming shows (laughs) as we did last year (laughs) um you can find me at marissa carpico um on all social media and on the site uh matt how about you
0: you can find me on twitter at madmanf1 and and Letterbox at matt Two.
1: awesome all right thank you for listening everybody